ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek, 5 foot 11, 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous, 5 foot 11, 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication. Turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. And we're back with exciting news. Yes, we are now professional. We have a sponsor for the show, which is awesome for us, but even more awesome for you. Indeed, because who doesn't love a sweet, sweet online shopping discount code? And in this case, it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep. From our good friends, Prism Coffee, who are four Canberra lads who I've known for a while. Uh, who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now and now uh, out on their own they've got a roaster they're roasting beans uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee so john how do the people get this amazing discount you speak of go to their website which is prismcoffee.com.au pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got. You can get it ground, you can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own. They've got all of the options. Uh, and then you use the code PEAKSPEAK in the discount bit of the shopping cart and uh, you'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in some amount of time. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think they express post everything, so hopefully quickly. Perfect. Amazing. And well, that's it. Without further ado, here's, here's the episode. Yeah. Enjoy. Presented by Thomas Lilly and John Sheridan, Baby Cry in the Background, not included. Which means we are back with less than ideal audio quality on my end because I'm a genius who took my microphone to the gym to record and uh, left it there. Yeah, look, I don't um, actually think there's that much difference from what I can hear, but. I also don't often listen to the actual recordings of these, so who knows? Yeah, Sam will know. We'd say write in and tell us about the audio quality, but it's probably not going to change our actions anyway, so, you know. I'm going to jump straight in with this as well. Being a sellout tastes so good. Like, I ran out of my coffee the other week. Yeah. Uh, I ran out of my coffee last week, and the, the delivery because of OzPost was being shit at the moment was was a little bit late so i i normally if i run out of coffee i just don't have coffee but um had a few few big days moving house uh so had zarafas a couple of times and obviously zarafas is not your go-to choice when you run out of good coffee you go to a good coffee place but it's the 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 most convenient and local place to where i was living before yeah. and god damn it was so shit <laughs> I really don't understand how it's so hard to make good coffee. Like it's, it seems like it's really simple to me and I have like a very cheap home espresso machine mm. and no formal training, but a desire for my coffee to taste good mm. and it tastes pretty good. And you go to these cafes where people have like, oh, that's a $10,000, $15,000 multi-group coffee machine, you know, like a fucking $800 grinder, and it just tastes like shit. 
absolute garbage. It's like, man, all you've got to do, and I think it's actually true of a lot of things, especially around like food and, and beverage stuff. If you give a shit about it, it'll probably come out all right. Mm-hmm. And if you like really give a shit about it and have a desire to improve it, it'll come out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what our good friends at Prism Coffee Co. do. Is I and I know those guys because they're all guys I knew before they sponsored the podcast. They're friends of mine and guys that I've got to know through the sort of small coffee industry in Canberra, and they all give a shit. Yeah, uh, and and that's the the thing that uh, I think differentiates a lot of small producers in that aspect, and it's why I'm always going to spend that little bit extra money on a local producer or someone that clearly gives a shit about what they're doing because the mm. product you get out of it is just superior. Yeah. Yeah. I like I was legit mind blown because previous to having this stuff every day, I wasn't a coffee drinker. Like mm. I, d- I didn't have coffee every day. I, I didn't uh, particularly crave it or enjoy it. Um, and I can go without the coffee that I have now, but I get it. So I, I drink it yeah um and so having it consistently for like a couple of months and then nothing for a couple of days and then that which was the first time i haven't had my home homemade prism coffee in like two or three months yeah the contrast was unreal i couldn't could because but previously i couldn't tell the difference between any coffee everyone's like oh this coffee's better than that i'm like oh it all tastes like shit to me so i don't care Yeah, well, there you go. If that's not the best endorsement we've given for Prism Coffee Co. yet, use the code PEAKSPEAKER at checkout to save yourself some real-life cash dollars. Exactly. Uh, then I don't know what is. Exactly. How are things in the land of the Burley River? <laughs> yeah, no, not bad. We still don't have a front door, uh, despite being told that we were going to hear from someone to book it in very soon, like a week and a half ago. Um, so it's looking more and more like we're not going to have a front door for Christmas. Uh, other than that, no major complaints. Um, I have decided, improved upon my decision that I probably came to this conclusion many years ago, but I think powerlifting would be drastically improved uh, as a sport, both uh, from a spectator standpoint and from a general enjoyment standpoint, if we included some element of style points in powerlifting like i understand that we're trying to make a relatively objective uh you know black and white kind of sport that already has its own levels of controversy and i don't necessarily want to go down the moving goalposts that is uh that is bodybuilding federations but i feel like some element of platform style multiplier maybe i don't know how i haven't worked out the logistics of this but uh I feel like powerlifting should should be just improved in general with uh, an approach to style points that uh, is conducive to not just being strong but also looking good while doing it because I think that's a, a really important element. I'm really struggling to see how you went from talking about your door to style points with no context whatsoever. Like, why, uh, where did this come from? Because I 100% agree. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. on board. Sign yeah, me yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I'm shit at powerlifting and I feel like if powerlifting included style points I could make up for being shit at powerlifting by having a high style multiplier Uh, no it's just something I've been thinking about and I had an amusing discussion with someone about it the other day and you asked me what was going on and that's the two things that are going on I don't have a door and I think powerlifting would be better with style points yeah I'd, I'd prefer to just go straight down like the full on dictatorship route where it's like 
that's your soft suit. That's the that's the color of your t-shirt and the color of your socks. Just fuck off. Just don't even show up. It just like, so it's like a it's not even a multiplier. It's like a oh you're not allowed through the door. Pretty much, you're out. See you later. <laughs> yeah, look, you are several levels of salt higher than I am in in many aspects. So I can understand that. Mm. I feel like there's a middle ground we can come to. Probably. Probably, but at my comps, I'm the boss. I'm the king. It's my kingdom. I'll do what I want. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> uh, that's the best. How's things up north, my friend? You've moved house. That's exciting. Yeah, I've moved, moved house since uh, the first time that I ever moved out of home. So I've been in the same place for 10 years, and now I'm in a new modern place, which is nice because things aren't falling apart. And, falling to shit and, yeah good um, buddy settled in really quickly which is nice but you also uh, have a disdain for suburbia uh, I, yeah I, I don't mind suburbia I guess the the class shift like bear in mind if, if you if you guys aren't familiar with the area of Woodridge in Brisbane it's essentially the worst area possible that you could ever live in in Woodridge um, but the drug addicts and the uh, the crazies on the street and the uh, uh bogan population are very friendly people everyone's Mm. down for a chat everyone wants to see what you're up to everyone wants to know about your life and and uh follow you around a little bit that's okay um everyone here just kind of lives in their color their castles of solitude and depression and lusts over everyone else's cars and houses and it's just like a giant wank fest of who can look the best and have the best place and fill up their land with the biggest house possible. And nobody says hello. And I don't know if that's because I'm scary and smelly because I'm from Woodridge or if it's because Buddy is a vicious looking guard dog. Uh, I shouldn't say nobody says hello. A few people do. But I've I've resorted to, you know what, I'm going to force people to say good morning to me. So like a very loud, aggressive good morning when I pass people (laughs) to force them to say something back is what I'm currently resorting to excellent that is a very uh very friendly and approachable kind of uh, <laughs> tactic for you for you to be using there thomas that's well done nice soft yeah. intro into the uh into the living in the suburb it's good yes definitely i've definitely found having a child uh mitigates some of the oh look at that big dude with a beard and a big dog uh, intimidation factor that has definitely been a part of my life. Mm. Me convincing my child that actually it's time to keep going this way, not that way <laughs> for six minutes is enough to disarm most people. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, today is a special day as well. Today, uh, November the 12th marks eight years since I officially opened the doors of PTC uh, Gold Coast. So uh, turning turning eight today, it's been a a long eight years. <laughs> yeah. It's been seven years and then a decade. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's kind of exciting. And I, I, uh, I was driving on the, on the freeway on whatever it was, Saturday or Sunday, and I drove past a car that had a, a we've got these big zero stickers for people's cars. They had a big zero sticker on the, on the back windscreen. Um, and I didn't recognize the cars. I kind of sped up a bit so I could look in the window and see who it was. And I had no idea who the person driving the car was. And it's like in the past, I'm sure you've experienced this too. 
you know, every single person in your gym, you know, all about their lives, you know, their boyfriend's name, their girlfriend's name, their dog's name, you know, everything about them, you know, the car they drive, you probably even know half their license plate numbers. You, you just know everything about everyone who's under your banner. Uh, and it was kind of like, wow, that maybe, maybe my banner's gotten a little bit bigger than me now. And that's, that's kind of scary, but also kind of exciting. Um, yeah, man, that's really cool. I think, uh, it's a, a point that you won't recognize, like it, you won't have realized that would have happened until something like that comes up because it's mm. the sort of thing that you don't notice. You just assume that everything's continuing along as you thought it was. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're recognizing people in your, um, in your stuff on yeah. the street, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've had it a few times going to the, the Brisbane gym. I don't spend a great deal of time at the Brisbane gym. So when I go there, um, you know, Daniel's the boss and the co-owner there and he knows everyone and they treat him like people treat me down at the Gold Coast and mm. like, I'll go in there and I'll feel like an outsider and I haven't met some of the members and I don't know who they are. And I'm like, oh, this is this is kind of cool, but kind of weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah. It, it, it hadn't hit me as strikingly as, as that moment on the weekend. So I'm going to make a, a post today about it to just a, you know, a birthday post, a celebration post and, and put that up. And I guess that kind of segues into what we're talking about today, which is social media stuff yes um yes yeah i i know we've spoken about social media before but we often speak speak about it from the um from the standpoint of how we use it uh, as business owners and, and yes uh i guess the implications of it on the on the something like the sport of powerlifting um, but we've never really spoken about it from uh, the client standpoint from what they see and how they interact with us as business owners and us as, as coaches running businesses um, and maybe the implications of their views of what we are doing the other way. So I kind of mm. wanted to start a conversation around that and just really see where it takes us. Um, because there's, there's certain comments that I'm sure any coach or any anybody really listening to this can kind of resonate when it comes to um, the power of social media, uh, things like oh, so-and-so doesn't like my stuff anymore. Or, so-and-so didn't comment on my stuff. Well, my coach didn't share this post. How come they're sharing that person's post? All that sort of stuff. And I don't think people really understand the true implications of that way of thinking. Um, I think um, uh, that we as humans are really power, uh, really good at creating our own powerful dialogues in our head, our own stories in our head. Uh, based on this external view without ever broaching the subject with the person that's involved on the other end. You're creating a story for them and it can really, really fracture relationships for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And it's so much of it's based on assumptions. Yeah. like, And that's, I think, the problem, one of the many problems with social media is that it it assume or it provides no real context to other than the you know thousand characters in the video or whatever it is that you then have to infer a whole bunch of context from like you know things as simple as like the way people have worded things and like oh they chose this word to instead of that word and then suddenly because of that you've inferred that this is actually some subtle insult being dug at you personally but not directly at you because the person doesn't want to name you and, and like just yeah you get a lot of sort of caught up in the bullshit that comes with it that um 
makes it seem like people like you and I are callous, heartless pricks, um, which I'm not saying we aren't, um, but uh, I think it it can sometimes allow people to read far too deeply into, for me, what is a, a platform to make dumb jokes about things and share some interesting information about lifting and like celebrate the, the things that my clients are doing and sell my business. Mm. Uh, and that's, I think the thing that people don't see until you've, you've looked at social media as something other than a recreation. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause for me, like I, I was saying to you before we started recording, like I, I don't really look at who's liking my stuff. I look at the number of likes and how quickly they come in, uh, because it's an interesting metric to track if you're someone like me who's trying to find content that works well and and is you know shareable and those sort of things uh but beyond that i don't i genuinely don't give a shit who's following and who's not i occasionally look at the people that have followed me or started following me recently um but i don't really pay much attention to it i don't like notice when people unfollow me or anything like that because i'm not paying that much close attention to it and i think it's a really easy trap to fall into, especially for someone who's perhaps early in the piece, like you and I trying to develop a business through social media. Mm-hmm. It can be really easy to get so wrapped up in like, oh, these people are liking it and these people aren't and those sort of things. I think it's a, yeah, it's a dangerous and slippery slope to be playing on. Yeah, I think one of the biggest issues, because like, I, I love social media. I hate social media. Like I love and I hate it for, for a bunch of different reasons. I love the uh, accessibility to people. I love the spread of information. I love the access to information. I love the use of it as a business tool. Um, uh, but I hate how much I have to rely on it from a business standpoint. I hate how easy it is to be addicted to it. I hate how mm. easy it is to be lost in it when you're looking for, oh, I just need to look at so-and-so's lift because the video is not working that they sent to me through this platform. I'll just look on their Instagram and five minutes later, you you, you know, yeah. You three, haven't actually watched that video and you, yeah. Yeah, you're three years deep into nature is metal watching like a lion chew off the face of a zebra or something like that. Yeah. You're just lost, uh, you know? Yeah. And then you forget what you were on there in the first place, look at your computer and be like, oh shit, I have to do it. And then do it again. Maybe yeah, I've, I've genuinely done that like twice in a row. Like yeah. oh, I lost, I lost 10 minutes there. Come back. Oh yeah. That's what I was checking. And then I lose another 10 minutes. Like for what sure. the fuck? Like, like I, I love and I hate it for so many reasons. Uh, I probably fall far more on the, the camp of hating social media than loving it though. Uh, despite my addiction to it and the time that I spend on it. Um, one of the interesting things I find just from what you were talking about just there is I think a lot of the disconnect and a lot of the problems that can be born of people, again, creating this kind of uh, monologue in their head around what social mean, media means is their interpretation of what social media is for. Like yeah. if, you, if you are my client and your social media is for your life and a training log and I am your coach and my social media is for uh, you know, my personal social media is for sharing my, you know, photos and travels and things with my closest friends and family. Like you have no right to be offended if I'm not putting you on my page and putting you on my yeah. story and uh, not following you or something like that. It's, it's, it's so weird. Like we create these expectations of what the, the other person, the other user on social media should be doing. 
And I really hate when it comes up in real life and people make it fucking awkward. When people mm. say, oh, you used to follow me on social media, but then you unfollowed me and I just, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you liked me or not. Like, especially if you've never met someone, they bring that up. And I'm saying that because I've had that interaction, that exact interaction with someone. They're like, yeah, I, you know, I saw them in real life. I'm like, hey, it's 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 you, you know, I, I know who you are, but I've never actually met you. I thought I'd say hi, because I'm a regular person. The first card they play is a fucking social media card. It's like, yeah. actually, I don't follow you because I don't know who you are. I don't give a fuck about anything that you post because I don't know who you are. Yeah. And so your stuff consistently coming up where, you know, I don't want to be exposed to more people. Yeah. I'm already exposed to a lot of people. I'm probably trying to shy away from that more than anything. It's such a, such a weird land to live in because it's like this whole other world that yeah. people create these whole other expectations and then make the two worlds clash and collide. Yeah, man, I um, I went through a phase, like I imagine most powerlifting coaches of our era went through of like just accepting everyone's friend requests on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like if assu assuming they had a couple of lifters in common as mutual friends, I just click yes. I don't do that anymore. And I actively unfriend people that I don't know or, you know, only know who, kind of who they are and haven't actually met mm -hmm. because I'm trying to make facebook less of a business thing for me it's more like a way to stay in touch with friends and stuff like that most of the like business content stuff i do is through either like facebook ads which you do on the back end and that doesn't matter and like instagram because it's just a better platform for a lot of what we share but um i have had more than one person like send me a message after i unfriended them and this is like again it would be someone that knows who i am and i maybe i've heard of their name before or maybe i've met in passing once at nationals chances are if i've met you at nationals i don't have any fucking recollection of who you are because i'm completely useless with names um especially and, when you're a high-flying famous podcast yeah exactly business owner like it's exactly easy to get lost anyway. yeah well i've got a swan about the place with my sunglasses on and my entourage so <laughs> Um, you know, I can't have time for these plebs. Um, <laughs> but I had, I've had more than one person like send me a message being like, Hey man, why did you unfriend me? And then like trying to friend me again. I'm like, well, I unfriended you because we're not friends. Like that's, that's the word that gets me on Facebook that people forget. Like I see the word friend and I'm like, yeah, this is people I know and I care about and I'm interested in their lives beyond just lifting weights, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are people I follow on Instagram and stuff. I, I don't really give a shit what their life's like. I like watching them lift. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people I follow on Instagram who are just people who produce interesting content and there's dumb meme pages that I follow. Like it's mm -hmm. my personal Instagram is recreation as much as it is business. Like I mm -hmm. post things about my life. I post things about training. That is a bit of both. The funny one for me has always been the gym page. Like I never open the Burley Strength Instagram feed and browse. Mm -hmm. I open the Burley Instagram page, I post something, I respond to comments, I reshare things, and then I go back to browsing Instagram on my page. And so I, when I made that, not that decision, but that realization, I decided that what I was going to do is just cull all of the people out of the Burley page that Burley was following but had no real relationship with. And between my account and that one, I think I unfollowed over the course of like 48 hours, something like 1,500 or 2,000 accounts. Mm. I had more than one person that, who either like didn't, I don't think I had anyone contact me directly, but I definitely heard secondhand about a couple of people who were offended by that. Mm -hmm. and I, and I, like I said to one of these guys, like, 
not to him, but to the person I, I heard it from. Like, I don't think you're allowed to feel special about this. I unfollowed 2,000 accounts over 48 hours. Like, that was a mass cull. You're not actually that special. I didn't even think twice. I just unfriended, uh, unfollowed you. Mm. Uh, because it's not a recreational thing. It's not something I'm, I'm using for that purpose. So, I think the Burley page follows something like 70 people or maybe 80. Because it's like direct clients of ours and businesses we do like regular business with yeah and beyond that it's like it's because it's not there for anything else mm. and i think yeah people just take it all perhaps and maybe people don't maybe a very small but vocal minority of people take it all just a little bit too personally mm. um and forget that for us first and foremost like it Instagram and all those things are a business tool. Like if I didn't own a business that relied on spreading information through social media, I would not be on social media because mm-hmm. it's a fucking time suck in my life that like you, I am addicted to in more ways than one. Mm. And in many ways I really fucking hate, mm-hmm. uh, but I would just be off it as quick as I could. Mm-hmm. But because I'm on it and because I rely on it as a, a business tool, I do things in a way that reflect the use that I'm trying to get out of the tool. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people from the client side don't see that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm very much in the, in the same mindset, the same camp as you, when it comes to, I've got, I've got the zero weakness page, which is strictly business. I never, ever, ever look at stories. I never look at the, in fact, I barely go on the zero weakness page at all because now I can play the James card. James runs the zero weakness page. I pretty much don't touch it whatsoever. I'll go in there when he says, hey, so-and-so sent a message. Can you please deal with it? That's pretty much the only time I open that page at all. And I did much the same as you probably about two years ago where the zero page or the PTC page back then used to follow like well over a thousand people. And I went down to like 80 or something. And yeah. now, now I- It's only, super satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I only follow- uh, uh, that page only follows clients or ex-clients or, or whatever. Um, so it doesn't follow many people. And there's probably a bunch of clients who it doesn't follow because we haven't caught up with that yet or whatever. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It it's literally serves the purpose of promoting the business, mm. nothing else. It is nobody's friend. It is a business. It's not trying to be anybody's friend, right? Yeah. This has created a massive identity crisis for me because previously – my page was always what trumped the PTC page. It was like Thomas is the owner and coach of PTC. He's trying to grow his personal brand because he is that brand. There's nothing bigger than him in that brand. So I would post a lot of clients. I would post a lot of like client improvements. I would post a lot of uh, business stuff. I'd post a lot of like powerlifting coachy sort of stuff. Uh, And I've very rarely ever posted life stuff. And so now I'm stuck where it's like, I don't want to share a great deal of clients because of these comments that people make because of these stories that people make i'm protecting them i don't want to share so-and-so in case so-and-so sees it and goes like why isn't that person sharing me i tag them all the time why aren't they sharing me so i very ever i very very rarely do it and i think people uh, i'm i'm pretty thick skin i don't give a fuck about that we're all fucking adults if you can't deal with the fact that you know you haven't been shared it doesn't mean that the client coach relationship is fractured it just means that maybe i didn't see the tag Maybe I didn't see your thing. Maybe I saw it and thought I'd post it later and then forgot about it because I got tagged in 20 billion things. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah. So don't read into that. However, if you've got a coach who isn't quite as thick skinned as you or I, and you're throwing around comments like, oh, they tagged so-and-so, they posted so-and-so, whatever, you might be creating a real big complex for your coach that freaks them out about what they post on social media. 
And that social media is going to be one of their biggest advertising tools. So let them post who and whatever the fuck they want because it's their page. It is not a reflection of you. It is their page. It is a reflection of them. They can post whatever they want. Stop getting so caught up into, uh, you know, applying some sort of, uh, some sort of story, some sort of logic behind why they posted what they post. If you want to know why they posted what they post, send them a message and ask them and they'll probably tell you, oh, it's because I felt like posting. Yeah. And, and that's in a very similar vein when it comes to like, oh, why am I not being shared? But like someone else is, you know, there are times in a, in a year where only one or two people in my gym are training, like in the heavy end of the spectrum where, the videos make for entertaining content and they're worth posting you doing four sets of eight at 75 uh, 60% or whatever it is as your week one of your work capacity block eight months out from a comp doesn't always make for thrilling social media content and so maybe it's as simple as that like maybe it's it's a time in the training cycle maybe it's a hey they did something or they had some conversation with that coach that sparked these posts right because i don't know about you but i'm fucking terrible at having like a social media calendar for what i'm going to post about Mm -hmm. i am far more likely to just post when i think about it or when Mm -hmm. i remember to yeah and so a lot of the time instead of being like i've got all this content built up and this is just like what i'm posting today monday the 12th and at in the morning you know instead it's like i should probably post something what are the conversations i've had like, you know, where are the, the interesting thoughts that I've had in the last 48 hours? And so it goes to what are the conversations I've had in the gym? Who am I talking to? Who's doing what in training? Like those sort of things that these are all parts of putting together content for social media in a way that helps promote your business. Mm-hmm. It's not like at no point. Am I like, oh, I'm going to share this person because they look better or mm-hmm. because they're lifting more or anything like that? I share, try and share everyone equally. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes it's as simple as like, hey, I've, I've just got better photos of that person. Like, you know, yep. they were here on the day that we were taking photos to, to use as social media stuff or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, you know? Uh, and I think like and one of the other ones is like better quality videos oh, that person sent me a video that's like a 720p video that's going to just look schmicker mm-hmm. as opposed to the one that's filmed from across the room on a potato with vaseline on the screen yeah you know, like sometimes it's as simple as that mm-hmm. uh, and i don't think everyone needs to go out and buy a 4k camera that's probably not going to push you to the top of my social media promotions pile um but these are all factors that i don't think people would consider if they haven't thought about it from this side of the fence yeah i hate this podcast because we shouldn't have to have this conversation (laughs) i I feel like a as an adult you should be able to arrive to these conclusions logically but um, when emotion takes over I, I, I can see how you can't get past the, the these stories that we create in our head it just sucks that there's not a manual for this stuff when you sign up to social media hey you know forewarning what other people post is a reflection of them not of you leave it yes at, right stop yes. stop putting stock and stop putting effort into it yeah. um, for me like I, I want to let people in on a couple of secrets a Instagram, Facebook, I, Facebook for me is just purely business. I do do the opposite of what you do. I accept every single friend request unless yeah. it's clearly a fake account. If they've got mutual friends and they're a powerlifter, clearly I'll accept it because I don't post anything personal on Facebook. Um, but Instagram, I, I look at it a little bit more personally with my personal page. Here's, here's a, a, a couple of little secrets, right? There are algorithms. 
if I follow you or if someone follows you, it's possible for you to disappear off the radar for those things to not get to. Yeah. Tag someone in a story. If you attach music to the story and the Instagram doesn't have the function where music can be attached, we can't reshare the story. So on the zero Instagram, because my phone's a Samsung and, the, and for whatever reason, I don't know how it works, but ones where you've done the little thing where you attach the music to the video, we can't reshare. So if you're always posting stuff with music and you're like, why the fuck aren't they resharing my thing? It's because we physically cannot reshare that thing. Not a reflection on you, reflection on, on us. Yeah. Me, me personally, when I share lifting on my page, my mindset when it comes to me as a coach is that the results my client clients get belong to them. Yeah, I, I am proud of all my lifters for putting in the hard work and for kicking goals and for making results. And that's unanimous, right? It's across the board. It is uh, non-selective. Just because someone's so strong, it doesn't mean that uh, they they have higher value. However, oftentimes I will share achievements that as a coach, I am proud of. And a lot of the times, those achievements are the big achievements. Andrew Cooper breaking the all-time Australian bench record that was set by my lifter as well. I am pr very proud of both of those things. So what am I going to do? I'm probably going to share it and tell that story. Yeah. Like so-and-so going from 100 to 120, 100 kilo squat to 120 kilo squat. You know what? I think that's fucking awesome. And I think that's a fucking awesome reflection of the hard work that that person's put in. However, everyone is making that kind of progress right? everyone's moving forward everyone's doing great and i'm proud of all of those people and i actively tell those people that i am proud of them they should be happy that i am telling them that i'm proud of them that we are engaging in this coaching relationship that we are making progress together they shouldn't need this fucking participation medal of a share on instagram to feel validated yeah like that it bothers me that people think that there is some sort of value in that um, yeah because Simply put, there's just not. No, exactly. Uh, private accounts is the other thing that on Instagram will yeah. fuck yep. you. You put something on, if your account's private, um, we can't share it. Things like that, that unless you've had a whole bunch of people in different circumstances tag you in things and try and share them, you mm. don't realize. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know how much more I have to add to the conversation, to be honest. I think the it's both one of the most beautifully powerful and wondrous tools that we have. And also one of the most toxic and horrifically <laughs> miserable pieces of shit that we all live with as well. Uh, and I think that dichotomy is what makes it interesting. But um, here's a big piece of advice. If you have the app that tells you when people unfollow you, your life will be far better off. If you just, oh, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Oh, big time, man. Big time. Oh my and, God. and that they're the people who message you. They're the people who are like, Hey, you unfollowed me. How come? It's like, why do you, why do you care? Like, why are you putting so much thought and emotion and effort into knowing who and who does not follow you? People unfollow me. It's like, okay, thanks. Uh, you don't want to look at my stuff. I respect that. I don't post anything anyway. I can understand why you don't follow me. That's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. It's, that's such a weird thing to want to know. Like mm. the, the whole idea for me, and it's the same with the podcast that I, I think you probably do a better job of going back and listening to things than I do. But like a lot of the time I post these things and then forget about them. Like the way my brain works is it goes up and then the entirety of the content leaves my brain completely mm -hmm. and until someone brings it up. And so like I'll post something and then two weeks later have completely forgotten about it. 
but then have someone come up and want to talk to me about it. it's like man i like let me re-read that and remember the context with which i posted it like that's the the thing is that i've got a context that i'm then trying to put across into a public sphere that then you're interpreting and laying your own bias onto it gets real fucking messy real quick mm-hmm. let's all just look at nice dog photos and move on <laughs> I, I think a big part of it is it comes back to the personal nature of our industry. Like the yep. fact that, you know, the coach client relationship often um, crosses the border of friend relationship or blurs the line between what a friend relationship yep. is. Because if you extrapolate this to big business, are you going to be really fucking salty when McDonald's doesn't share a photo of you eating a Big Mac and tags them in it? Of course you're not. So why why do you have the right to be salty when um, you know a coaching business doesn't share you? It's it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. Keep coming back to that. It'll yep. make you so much happier in life. <laughs> like if you don't get shared, who cares? I tag people in stories all the time, uh, and uh, you know they don't get reshared. I don't care. It's okay. I just want them to see it. Like that's the whole point of a tag. And if they see it and respond, great. If they don't, maybe they forgot. Maybe they got caught up. Maybe they couldn't share it because whatever reason. You know, who cares? Yeah. yeah, it's and it's the same. The big business thing's the same when it comes to like uh, responding to messages and emails and stuff. Like I've had some people put some really horrifically ridiculous expectations on how quickly I'm going to respond to something like a social media message. Like, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of using my inbox as a to-do list and I haven't, I, like I've read your message and then marked it as unread because I was not in a position to action it. And so I've just left it for 24 hours until I was in a position to actually do the thing that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back in and say, hey, sorry, I didn't have a chance to do this. Here, it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd like sending me three other messages just doesn't help. Yeah. Like that that idea that you can contact a business on a Saturday afternoon and expect to hear back from them before Monday when they are obviously closed on a Sunday. It's those sort of things that like I wouldn't do to a business, so I've never quite understood why someone else would do to a business. Or if I did, it would be like, oh, I sent them a message at 5 p.m. on a Saturday. They're closed on Sundays. I'll just, I'll expect to hear from them early in the week. Mm. You know, like those sort of things that... For some reason, we are both treated like businesses, but then also treated like individuals, and there's no distinction. Yeah. Uh, and that can be, I, as a coach who has definitely been guilty of letting my business and job become my life, mm. as opposed to having avenues outside of that that are very distinct and separate from my work, uh, it's a really quick path to burnout i think Mm. uh if you don't have boundaries set like that you don't have some and even if it's not as simple as like having a business account and a private account or whatever it is but having some separation away from the crazy bullshit that is the social media world that allows you to take a step back and remember that it's all just this weird simulation that we're living in anyway uh and yeah, be able to sort of separate yourself away from the identity of who you are on the internet. I think, uh, yeah, you're in for a bad time. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't have a great deal of salt left. I feel like I've gotten it all out. You got it all out in 37 minutes? Excellent. I I just keep wanting to come back to saying, like, remember that whatever goes on social media is a reflection of them and not a reflection of you. Actually, cool story about that. Well, not cool story, but yeah. anyway, cool story. Um, uh, (laughs) 
it just so happens that several of my fa- friends happen to run, you know, powerlifting meme pages. Um, for the absolute record, I've never run a meme page and I never will because who the fuck has the time to run a meme page when they've got a, you know, multiple businesses and, a, and an actual full-time job. Um, but uh, I remember someone getting really offended by one of my friend's memes and, uh, you know, I, I went back and I told him about, I didn't tell him who got offended, but I was like, oh, you know, people got really salty about that. And he's like, good. That's the whole purpose of a meme. If you think it is it about you, it is about you. Like, but not you, uh, like individually. It's about the archetype of you. If yeah. you do this particular thing and this meme gets to you, that's the whole purpose of a meme. It's trying to, <laughs> yeah. it's trying to speak to a category of people. Um, yeah. But it's so funny how people will not know someone, read a meme, or read a post, or read a story that the person would be like, "That's about me," and they get really angry about it. Yeah. Never yeah. consult with the person. Never say, "Hey, is this about me?" Because when I used to, you know, dabble in, in posting memes every now and again, people would message me and be like, I know exactly who this is about. And I'll be like, you have no idea who it's about because it's about no one. It's yeah. just a fucking meme. Like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not about you, people. It's about whoever's posting it. And maybe you should all just calm the fuck down. It's like the, the whole Tom bro sitting on a plane thing, you know, like everyone, every time I post one of those, everyone thinks it's about someone. And, yeah. you know, sometimes the people think it's about them and they'll message me directly. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's it's not I mean, about it's not, you. not about you, but it's about everyone. That's a, the great thing about those sort of things is like if they get you, it's because you fit into that archetype. And uh-huh. that's exactly it. That was yeah. the point. And the whole thing is it's just fucking satire. It's just laughing <sighs> at ourselves. Like I try to make a lot of them about me or about previous me, about the way that I used to yeah. think. Because it's it's just satire. It's just like fuck. We actually do this stuff, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the other like from my perspective as well. Like sometimes, and not sometimes, my sort of philosophy on humor in my life is that if it makes me laugh, then it's funny, and mm-hmm. that's all I care about. So sometimes I post these things not because I was offended by someone or because someone's I just like was like uh, that was a funny thought in my head maybe someone else will find it funny and then yeah you get people taking offense to that and reading too deeply into things mm. most of the time it's just because I had a little chuckle at it and thought it was funny yeah yep 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 anyway, amazing I think that's all we really have to say at this point yeah I'm stoked happy excellent this, this is like the uh, the Amazonian tribe that starts their day by arguing to release certain proteins to uh, you know supplement their diet. It's a real thing. I can't remember where I heard it or read it, but it's a real thing. I'll, fa- I'll fact check it and make an Instagram post about it. And if you think it's about you, fuck you. <laughs> the end. Unless you're an a- unless you're an Amazonian uh, Amazonian tribesman listening to this, then yeah, it's probably about you. <laughs> And with that, we bid you adieu. Goodbye. Goodbye.